everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 82, Anatomy of a Blister. We are now on Patreon.com. If you would like to support Trust the Trail podcast, please check out Patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail. We would love for you to be a part of our intimate outdoor backpacking community. Plus, you can receive our podcast early before it hits the world, and we go live at the first Tuesday of every month for a Q&A, so come and watch us on that. Um, also, you can help us by listening to Trust the Trail on the Radio Public app for both iOS and Android, so download today and add Trust the Trail to your favorites. On this episode, we discuss the most basic of basics in backpacking and hiking, preventing the blister. After all, your feet are the most important piece of gear that you will ever need that ultimately will get you where you want to go. It can be amongst the most painful of experiences having to walk with a blister. Therefore, we share pro tips on how to prevent them, how to determine when you're getting them, and how to treat one that is already forming. And finally, we share with you an old but true natural remedy for toughening up those feet. By the way, you can always join in and join our Facebook group page so you can be part of our community and join in on the discussion. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join in our podcast family. Come hang with us and be part of our community. I had a blister so bad one time, I wanted to cut off my foot. That's severe. Rather than, <laughs> Continuing. Rather than hike. I thought, I thought if I cut off my foot, what difference would that make as far as my pain level goes? <laughs> I mean, they they the blister was oh my god excruciating excruciating. So um, I I I had a blister of epic proportions. Um, (laughs) Sounds like it. And it was at it was like the worst time. Um, We had gone uh, to New Hampshire to climb Mount Washington in the winter. Okay, on the 18, we left at Pinkham Notch. And the guy that was, um, we were taking an ice climbing class. And the guy that was our guide was um, a former special forces ops guy, like like high level special forces in the Israel army. He was kind of a badass, right? <laughs> and we, we got ready and I put on these plastic Oslo hiking boots, to I could so I could snap in my crampons because it was ice man it was a it was a, it was gonna be we we're gonna be ice climbing and um, we started up the trail and I climbed Mount Washington and I'll bet you about a quarter of the way up man I had a blister from hell on my ankle and there's a the famous photograph of me sitting um, up from Pinkham Notch and on our way up it was I don't think it was halfway up I don't think it was so early in the morning we left at like 5 a.m. because it took six hours to climb Mount Washington if that tells you how bad the weather conditions were by the way (laughs) six hours and so um, I'm sitting there with my foot off I'm like I you know there's no way I mean this this hurts he's like you're gonna do it you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna (laughs) climb it you're, you're not going down. And I mean, of course, this is the same guy who now, had granted, us. he really can't take you down at that point. We were all pretty afraid of him. <laughs> so this is the same guy that had, had us repel off of a bridge and said at like nine o'clock at night, the night before, and said, when you climb up, you can eat. So this is that guy. So he goes, well, you're just going to have to sidestep it. And I was, I was like, sidestep it. What do you mean? He goes like side from side, sidestep it. You can't hike that way. He goes, well, you're going to have to. I, I'm probably the only backpacker in history that's ever sidestepped climbing Mount Washington. <laughs> but I did it, and it hurt. And it it was just, and I knew it. I knew it. 
that's the thing. It's like I knew the I knew it was a hot spot. I knew the blister was coming. I knew the Oslo boot did not fit me right. It has never fit me. I've never had it work well for me. And I knew it and I put it on anyway to get up that mountain. And uh oh my god, it was just like the worst blister. It happens to everybody. Yeah, I think I think everybody can relate in some form. I I would say certain people tend to be a little bit more prone to blisters. Um and and I used to believe that it was, you know, some people were just a little bit more susceptible to it. But as I've become more experienced and understood the reasoning behind it, it's taught me a lot more that it's the preparation and it's what you're doing. I remember I had I had one epic blister and it was when Scott and I first started dating. Actually, it was kind of pre-dating, but it was, you know, you know that, that period before you're actually dating, but it's kind of occurring and we I was, knew we were going to date. I think that's <laughs> what you're trying to say. <laughs> we, I was trying to be tough. And I didn't. I knew I had a hot spot forming. I knew it. And I was just like, well, I mean, I can't be weak. I can't be like, oh, I got a blister, you know. So I tried to toughen it out. And I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I ignored all the signs. And it turned into like a baseball size blister. And it was the most miserable hike. Of course, I had a smile on my face the entire time faking it because I'm like, I definitely need to act cool about this. (laughs) It wasn't until the very end when I took off my shoes that I finally admitted I had a blister. And it's, it's, and it was because I was walking in a downpour of rain and my, you know, my feet were wet. My shoes were wet. Everything was soaked. And I remember another time I had experienced something similar to this and I wised up. Of course, I was by myself. I wasn't trying to impress anybody but me. Same similar circumstance. I was walking in a pool of water. I mean, I was up on Trey Mountain and I was headed north and I was engulfed in the most serious downpour ever. On this top is when of you were hiking the Appalachian Trail. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had just started that morning. So I hadn't pulled in that many miles at that point. And I was determined to get further than I did. And I think I had done less than five miles. I got caught in the storm. I ended up at the shelter. Everybody was hunkered down in the shelter waiting it out. I was already a drowned rat and my feet were soaking. They were so squishy. You know, every step that you take, you're like squishing in puddles inches deep because it's like pouring down the mountain at you. And I get there, I dry myself out. Once it passes, everybody had already started heading north. Um, I was there a little bit longer, took lunch, decided to get going, put on dry socks. And I mean, there was there was nothing that I could have done at that point except for two things. Either stop walking because I felt the blister forming and turn back, kind of hang my head down and say, OK, you know, I'm not going to do that many miles. Or I could keep going and I was it was a surefire thing that I was going to get a blister. And I remember that experience and I stopped swallowed my pride and I I walked back about a mile I was like okay I think I'm just gonna have to do I'm just gonna have to hunker in for the night only having done five miles on the Appalachian Trail and that was a really discouraging moment for me because I was like do I listen to my body or do I do I push for something that I really wanted to achieve and that's where I think it gets us into trouble more often than not we don't listen to our body we don't listen to the signs we don't we don't take notice of those things. And that's what this whole podcast is here to help assist with is really backing up before the blister forms. Yeah, there's no room for ego and pride in backpacking. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I mean, there's no room for ego and pride. And If, I, if you want to keep going. <laughs> if you want to keep going. And, you know, um, 
there's been so many times that when we have led uh, our uh, our clients out on outdoor trips and there's you know backpacking boot camp, I can't even tell you how many times that we've had to take off a boot or shoe, hiking shoe, and we've seen a blood-soaked sock in that thing. Um, because people, you know, I've seen people limp, you know, like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. What's wrong? You're limping. Am I? Yeah. You're, you're limping kind of bad. Oh, I have a little, little, little blister, little blister. <laughs> and then, you know, we get back to, you know, camp and they take off their, their shoe and it's terrible. I'm like, how are you walking on that thing? Oh, I just want, you know, and it's that whole toughen up. I can toughen that. We're going to tell you right now, that's BS. That is BS. Yep. So we're going to give you some tips and uh, things to look out for and a really good remedy at the end of the podcast on um, how to kind of start training your feet if you're going to do a long distance hike for sure. Um, and, you know, absolutely. So I would say 42% of all the cases in SAR Rescue boil down to underestimating the terrain of the trail, whether it's fatigue because they underestimated it or blisters have formed because, again, they're not prepared or they're underestimating. Again... And the 42% are all-day hikers. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good 13% note. are backpackers, but the 42% are all-day hikers, which tells me that their, unpre- their footwear is completely unprepared. Like, you know, you cannot wear, you know, if you think that your your hiking boots or your your shoes that you trail run in uh, or, or run around the neighborhood um, can manage the ups and downs, sometimes it's just not the case. It's just not the case sometimes. And people get caught off guard with the ups and downs and the terrain and the rocks and the tree roots and the mud and the wetness. And next thing you know, they have a really bad blister and they're calling they're calling for help. The feet are your most important aspect of hiking. I mean, it's logical. <laughs> you are thus walking. <laughs> yeah. And most people tend to walk on their feet. Most people. Most absolutely. people. Yep. Um, you know, it's what separates us from being human. Um, and feet are the, the, the sure thing that will get you off this trail faster than anything. And... So I wanted to kind of back up a little bit and talk a little bit about the anatomy of a blister and kind of how it forms. Um, It's all about friction. Friction is what is causing the blister. Um, So it's, it's very interesting. If you, if you take your index finger and rub your index finger up against the, like the palm of your hand, and move it back and forth pretty quickly, you will see there's a lot of wiggle room there. Um, There's a lot of movement, there's a lot of play, there's a lot of give. But then if you take, if you flip your hand around and then rub it on the palm of your blister, you'll see that there's barely any movement whatsoever. The top of your hand and the palm of your hand. Yeah, the top of your hand and the palm of your hand. And there's there's a big, big difference. and if you think about it, the palm of your hand um, is very similar to the ball of your foot. Um, you know, the back of your ankle, um, the areas where you're a lot more prone. And if you think about it, those are the most protected parts of your body. I mean, we wear shoes and socks all the time, all Ab- the time. Absolutely. And so the bottom of your foot, that's pretty protected it's protected from the elements it's protected from a lot of different things so it doesn't really get it doesn't really ever it never really meets the elements you know it's very protected <laughs> yeah it's very spoiled the bottom of your foot yeah absolutely and um i mean people go get foot massages they're not even backpackers or hikers they go get a foot massage so the bottom of your foot let's face it it's pretty pampered Well, it's very pampered. And if you think about it, with that, the tenderness and the softness, um, you know, the the fact that you are a lot more pampered and you're not, you know, abrasively rubbing that a lot, that in conjunction with less sweat glands, or I'm sorry, more sweat glands, 
the friction ultimately is what's going to cause the blister forming. It's all about breaking down that skin. And when you put enough friction in one part that doesn't have that mobility, that movement, um, and it is like a softer aspect, it is ultimately going to form the blister. And that's, I mean, without going really scientific on you, just the bare basics of understanding how a blister is forming, that's what's happening here. And a lot of it has to do with the buildup of moisture. Well, and that, <coughs> excuse me, that's another thing. Like the general, the generality I see on social media about, hey man, what's the best kind of footwear? What's the best sock? What's the best boot? What, you know, here's the thing. Everyone is built different. We are built completely different. And I would probably say that your left foot is a little slightly different from your right foot. How do you walk? What's your first step? How do you turn? What weight do you put on what foot when you're hiking? These are, I mean, it, it sounds really silly, but those are pretty relevant when you're backpacking. And so, as Ariane said, like, do you sweat more than somebody else? Do your feet, I mean, like, you know, everybody is different. Everybody is different. Well, everybody puts different pressure on different parts of their feet we hiked with a guy who knew his body very well i mean i have to say he it was a little it was a little different i've never seen somebody bring that much talcum powder on a backpacking trip but he knew it and he he did sweat a lot he was a sweater and so he would stop about maybe what every three to four miles yep, maybe yep he would stop take off his shoes and socks and rub his feet with talcum powder and put his socks and feet and the shoes back on. Yep. And he was an avid backpacker. Yep. And so when we, we asked, we're like, you know, like, do you have blister problems? He goes, yeah, I, I sweat a lot. My feet get really hot and sweaty and I'm trying to prevent blisters. And so he took the time. So everybody is different. You cannot, you cannot generalize um, you know, like what footwear is going to work on one person against what footwear is going to work on somebody else. And that means socks. That means everything that you, you know, everyone is so individual. It, everyone's built individually so different from another. So you, it's hard to generalize how one person's getting a blister and one person's not. They're just built differently. What's the size of your foot? What's your arch? You know, like well, what, the what's your point? Do you, yeah, exactly. You I was know, are say, you pigeon toed? Are you not pigeon toed? I mean, there, there's so many factors. I'm a heavier walker than most, which, you know, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on my walk, on my step. And everybody is different. And that's why everybody has blisters forming in different places. It's not, it's, again, it's not, you're surely to get a blister in the back of your ankle or, uh, you know, the bottom of your foot or maybe on your toes. It's all about the friction and the pressure points and how much friction is impacting that area over and over and over and ultimately breaking the skin barrier down yeah you're right and it's exactly the same thing like with hiking poles you know people that start hiking with hiking poles right away they get blisters in between their thumb and their their uh their first finger and right in that gap and why it's because we don't walk with hiking poles most of the time you know i mean that area does not absorb friction, friction. You know? and so you well, know it's just like when you're and everybody everybody has experienced this when you're cleaning say you're sweeping an area you're sweeping a large area everybody holds that broom really aggressively and you always get you know you always get blisters on the palm of your hand yeah right right, right, right. I mean, everybody knows what we're talking about and so it's it's again it's all in the prevention the prevention before it starts and that's the hardest thing for us to learn like how do you know a blister is forming and that's a big thing when I first started backpacking when we take new people out one of the biggest things are oh I thought maybe I was but I wasn't sure how do you know 
when you're getting a blister. Because when we talk about prevention, prevention is ultimately going to protect you. You can't stop a blister from forming once it's already surpassed that certain level. Right. You can only control it at that point. It's like so preventing dehydration know? once you're dehydrated. Right. <laughs> it's, it's over. So when you talk about prevention, a huge part of that is understanding how to prevent it. And so how do you know that a blister is forming? Well, there's a surefire way. Everybody says it's it's I feel it I feel it warm in that spot. We we call them hot spots. And you know, if you are in tune to your body and you 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 start to feel something different. It feels warm, it doesn't feel right. You almost start to not limp on it, but more you start protecting it. You start protecting it. And that That's means good... and the and the thing is that even causes more of an issue because once you start protecting the one foot now you're putting pressure and more stress on the other foot and so um and, and it's it's just a vicious circle so here's some tips so let's kind of talk about the prevention in the first place okay um it it all comes down the very first place you start is with the sock okay the sock um this is where you're you you can't really go chintzy or cheapsy um, with your footwear because it's your feet are everything so you know your sock is gonna prevent the friction in your boot if it's a good sock good hiking socks will wick moisture um, they'll fit snug they'll dry quickly and they will have hidden seams that's huge that's one of the things that uh, can um, promote blisters is if your seam of your sock is in the wrong place and, and that's a pressure point um, for your foot okay so check the seams of your socks opt for socks that are made from soft material like merino wool okay or smart wool a good hiking sock will have extra cushioning so in the areas where you're prone to hot spots so the the it's really the anatomy of a sock also because your sock is going to be so, so important um, as far as the first step in preventing blisters. Um, if your feet sweat a lot during a long hike, it's not unheard to bring another pair of socks to change into. So even in the summertime, I, don't, I mean, if it's 100 degrees out, I always have another second, yeah. pair of merino wool socks in my backpack in the winter time depending on you know how slushy cold wet humidity um we're gonna you know you're gonna have i will always have two pair of dry socks in my backpack so i hike with one i have two more pair because it's in, it, it is essential for your feet to stay dry um if you're looking for a really good sock we recommend darn tough socks they're made by backpackers and uh, you can get them at REI. I'll put a link on our post page um, on where you can find those. Uh, they're really super good. They're really good socks. Um, they about they're about I, I think they're some of the best out there as far as a good wool versatile backpacking site and they, they sewed them correctly so they don't have seams in all the wrong places i think the, i think the benefit of those socks versus any other socks that i've ever experienced and why i like them so much is they're they're really thin they're they're lightweight they're thin but they do the job yeah. of a thicker wool yeah sock. absolutely it's, absolutely it's pretty impressive and the other thing too is um you know and of course it, it, it depends on you know if your feet you know, or get hot or, you know, how you hike. But one of the things that I do in the winter too is that I put a sock liner in my in my uh, hiking shoe or my boot. Um, we recommend, recommend the Ingenie uh, liner crew socks. They, they're like gloves. So if you've seen, uh, well, they are gloves. They're gloves for your feet. And so they have an each, each individual toe goes in its own section. So it's like wearing a glove 
on your feet. They take an extreme amount of getting used to. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. But but you can also even in the summertime when it's really hot, if you're like if you got trail shoes on and you're hiking, they are great wick moisture. Uh, they're they're great wicking socks and they're great. So what that does is that it keeps each individual toe from rubbing against each other. Okay, so you've got that going for you. And then they go up a little bit higher up. They go over past your ankle. So now you've got um, two layers of very thin material, both wicking material that is keeping your foot dry and keeping your foot from creating friction. So they're great socks. I'll put a link to that also so you can look at that and get a just kind of review it and look at the specs on those socks. Awesome. Um, after you get your socks and you experiment, you guys, you know, I mean, it, it's all about your foot has, your foot's got to be, you've got to love your feet. <laughs> your foot's got to love you back. So if something, if there's a piece of gear that's not working for you as far as your footwear, get rid of it. It's not worth it. Yeah, I would say, absolutely. So then it's all boiling down to boots or shoes. Um, you know, once you have your foot protected, you know, what, what are you going to be hiking in that is going to match that level of comfort, but also coordinate with how you, how you hike, you know, what pressure points do you do? Uh, what do you need for yourself? Now we're not talking about boots and shoes on this episode. So this has it's a whole controversial, a whole, that's I mean, a whole different, there's a billion out there. Absolutely. You know? you, so you've got to, I could never tell you what kind of like, loafers to wear you know loafers? i mean or <laughs> loafers well, you know, like, is where you, you go know, like, if, if i got on a facebook page and said okay i need to walk around the penny loafer. I, need, I, I need to go to a wedding i need to find a pair of shoes go i mean like people would be like dude what are you talking about man you know i'm gonna suggest the penny but loafers they, do you remember <laughs> i do remember the penny loafers <laughs> But I think like you can't recommend shoes. You've got to put on the shoes and try them out yourself. Yeah. So this is not what this episode is <laughs> about. We're not doing that. We're not doing that on this podcast. We are talking about uh, your your choice of boot or shoe. Um, you know, to, to help you prevent blisters. So when you're trying on your hiking boots. Um, when you're looking for the right size, a lot of people wear a slightly different hiking boot size than your normal shoe. And guess why? Because your terrain is entirely different. You're not walking on flat ground. You're going up, you're going down, you're going side to side. It is very uneven terrain. So wiggle your toes around. Make sure there's adequ adequate space to move around and wiggle. Um, upwards downwards um so there's a toe box you know everybody knows this in the shoe you have your toe box make sure that it's not too snug make sure that you can wiggle your toes in that toe box not with too much space but enough to be able to wiggle with the terrain um you know it, that's the most important thing is when you're when you're trying on shoes you are in a box store you you don't have the terrain that you're going to be hiking on. And it is imperative that you account for that when you're going to buy a shoe. So maybe consider getting a boot that is like half a size larger than what you typically go with. Um, it'll allow your feet room to swell. Um, it'll and your feet do swell. Big for time. Sure. Absolutely. Especially in the summertime. Um, it'll keep the minimization of your foot rubbing, ultimately, you know, preventing, again, that friction buildup that causes the blister in the first place. Um, so again, your feet, as your feet swell, they're also going to swell when you take your shoes off. Um, this is pretty true when you are hiking in altitudes. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. It's all very, very important. I can't tell you how many times I've taken back a pair of boots that I have loved in the store. And I'm like, you know what? This is, this is not going to work for me. So again, don't buy into the best hiking boot. There is none. There is none. That is a myth. Um, we're going to debunk that right here. There is no 
best. I there's would say, only there's only the best if your feet love it. What's the, what's that saying? Like, well, if the shoe fits, like wear it. <laughs> it's the same idea. Like, not everybody. I I love boots that Scott hates, and he can't. Every time I put them on, he cringes. He's like, I can't. Well, I, because I've tried I don't know them, and like my them. feet have ended up being spaghetti. <laughs> You know, so, that's an Oslo boot. The Oslo's, you know, people are like, oh, man. Brand oh, fan over here, you that guys. Is, that's the best. I can't wear them. I've tried them. I can't wear them. You know, for me, and this is this kind of sounds. And I can't wear Merrell's. I hate them. Yeah, see, they don't I can work wear them. For me. So for me, I'm, I'm really <laughs> weird because it's it seems like the cheaper I go, the better my foot loves it. I think my feet are allergic See, you guys to actually, expensive boots you guys or hiking shoes. Haven't seen Scott's feet. We should post a picture. No, you don't want. You know, twenty years <laughs> of backpacking, you do up. not want to see my feet. And um, you know, and which, you know, which is another thing. It's like your your feet. Well, if you do a long distance backpacking trip, your feet are going to change a little bit. That's one thing to know. The other thing too, when we're talking about boots and hiking shoes. Um, specifically for the men, I think the women are pretty good on this, but, um, and I don't mean to be gender biased here, but I'll just say this men don't clip their, their toenails enough. And if you're going to hike a long distance hike and, um, you know, you have not clipped your front toenail, dude, you're, you're losing it. You're losing it. <laughs> that toenail is going to fall off faster than you can say new boots. Um, and it's a lot true. of people think that these boots didn't fit because my toenail fell off. Well, I'm telling you, it's because it's not clipped. So when you're going downhill, all that pressure, all that all that pressure, gravity, and, and everything else is pushing your foot forward. And uh, a lot of times, it's you're pushing your toenail into the front of that boot, and it will uh, it, it will, will fall, fall off. It will fall. I, I'm here to tell you. I can't even tell you. I think I'm on like on my sixth front to- my big toe toenail. Um, <laughs> it will fall off. <laughs> Gotta post and I, a photo of those, these feet. And you know, sometimes I can't blame the boot. Sometimes it was just my own, you know, uh, ignorance of not being, not preparing before my hike and not cutting that that front toenail. I know that's gross, but that's the truth. We 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 tend to be reality driven on this podcast, <laughs> and that's reality. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> And no, he has not saved his uh, lost toenails in a jar, thank God. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, everybody knows this, breaking your shoes before you go. Um, that's, the, that's the number one thing. Break them in prior to going because I can assure you there's no amount of breaking in. But break them in on the right terrain. It's almost like you have to do the terrain before you do your long-distance break terrain. Break them in. Get them wet. Hike in water. Do everything you can that you're going to do on that trail and exponentially break that in. If you buy new hiking boots and you think walking around the office for a week is breaking in your boots, you are going to be in for a sad dose of reality. Break them in like you have never broken in. Uh, shoes before because your feet are gonna you know your feet are gonna thank you and believe me you gotta break those boots in it's it's not a a mat and the 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 good news is about the good news about the, the trail shoes trail runners trail boot industry is this is that they put a lot of money into marketing they want those boots to fit and they want them to work if you buy a pair of boots or trail runners or trail shoes, I don't care what they are, or Keens or, or uh, you know, whatever. If they don't fit, they are more than happy to exchange them or give you your money back. They do not want a tweet about these boots were the worst I ever had in my life. They don't want that. They don't want a, a, a review on their website. They, they do not want that. They're more than happy. So if you have to go through three or four, five pair of hiking boots or hiking shoes or trail runners, do it. It's worth it. Absolutely. Um, so about, uh, so, so let's talk about care. Let's talk about some care about your feet, right? So you prevented them. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully <laughs> right? So um, Ariane kind of hit on this uh, subject, but when you're when you're out there hiking, you guys, um, and you even feel a little bit of a hot spot, 
and I mean a little bit. I mean that it's like a it's like a newborn baby. It's like, oops, what's that? That didn't feel right. Stop. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> a newborn baby. Well, a newborn from? blister. <laughs> newborn baby blister. <laughs> if you feel a newborn baby blister, um, if you feel a, like it's anything, that, it's the first sign that you've even noticed. And anything. you'll notice. We've all done it. We've all ignored it too. Every single. Ah, oh, it'll be fine. I only have one or two miles. It's to not going to get that bad. Okay. Well, here, here's a, here's an analogy. A hot spot on your foot is like you looking up at your ceiling and seeing a drip and you saying it's not gonna get that bad dude in a few minutes that roof is gonna cave in because you got a water leak the blister is the same thing you can't ignore it you cannot ignore a hot spot a it's hot not spot. gonna get better by itself if you keep walking on it a hot spot is telling you that you have the initial formation of a blister that is what it's telling you it is telling you that you are rubbing that that layer of skin to its breaking point and that's what it's telling you so if you ignore it you will you will get that blister now who's to say it will be a minor blister you'll be able to walk out more cases than not it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. You guys. It's going to go from gonna baby suck. blister to full on adult. <laughs> and, um, so that, and that's one of the things that um, we always uh, we always carry duct tape. We always wrap duct tape around our hiking poles. And for the most part, it's because of blisters. It's because of hot spots, really. Yeah. And so, you know, we stop. We we sit down. Take a break. You're in the wilderness. You're not going anywhere. And so, you know, take that time to treat your feet. It's part of your first aid kit. And the reason we keep it on our hiking poles is is so there's not... We don't want to unpack our stuff. It's that that moment where you're like, I can... I don't have to make an effort to treat this hot spot. And it's, it's a constant reminder to you, prevention, prevention, prevention. And it's so much easier... To just sit down and do it versus going, oh, I got to take off my backpack and I got to, you know, grab my first aid kit, which is, it should be very accessible. Um, yeah, the but thing it's with, just like the ease and the accessibility. It's all part of your first aid. Yeah. And the, and the thing with duct tape is that if you do the duct tape right, um, you're going to have to wrap your foot depending on where your blister is. Duct tape doesn't hold for very long on a blister or on your skin. Leuco tape is better. It's breathable. It's 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 a sticky bandage, uh, and it won't rip your skin off <laughs> when you take that thing <laughs> off. Um, if you're if you're susceptible to blisters, I would advise you to put that in your first aid kit, um, and uh, you know to carry it with you. Only you know if you're susceptible to blisters or not. Um, I carry them in my first aid kit. Uh, they're great blister band-aids. Again, they are breathable. They stick to your, the the duct tape is kind of like a first line of defense. Um, it's quick, easy. I can wrap my foot into it, it's, especially if the blister is in the, on the bottom of my foot. Duct tape doesn't seem to move when it's on the bottom, but if it's around the ankle, you're probably better off putting a, a good uh, local tape uh, bandage on it that's breathable because you got to let that blister uh, breathe for sure. So, um, so the next question is, and this is, we get this question a lot. This is a big one to pop or not to pop. That is the question. (laughs) Do I pop the blister? Do I not pop the blister? Well, there's a satisfaction in popping it. We know in general, you should not pop the blister. Okay. Don't do it. You'll be tempted, but don't do it. Here's why. So the fluid in your blister is there to protect the hot spot. It's like a cushion. So think about that. So you've got a hot spot. You've rubbed it. You're almost rubbing it raw. That water builds up and and really kind of forms a cushion for the blister. It's not a blister quite yet. Um, so don't pop it. Um, it allows the new skin to grow underneath. Even when you get home, don't pop it. Let that let that skin that new skin grow. It will grow after a while. Just don't pop it. Um, if you're on the trail and the blister gets pretty big and painful and 
irritated. Um, my rule is that if the blister looks like it's going to get bigger and it's going to pop on its own, then pop it. <laughs> so it's a matter of how bad you've gone without treating your blister. If it's a small blister and it's got a little bubble on it, don't pop it. If it's big and it looks like it's going to rub off, the, the, you know, the bubble's not going to make it and you got a lot of mileage to go and it looks like it's going to rip off, then you're going to have to pop it and you're going to have to treat it medically. You're going to have to get that first aid kit out. You're going to have to put some Neosporin on there. You're going to have to put some antibacterial, um, uh, you know, stuff on there and you're going to have to wrap it. That is, that's it. That's, you know, and then you're, you're probably, um, hiking back to your car because the blister is probably at that point pretty painful and it's ruined your weekend backpacking trip <laughs> or you're getting off your long distance hike to treat that blister. And that sucks. I mean, that definitely, definitely sucks. Um, but that's the real, that's the reality of it. You know, it's good to carry uh, a small inexpensive. We talked about first aid kits before you've got to, You've got to personalize your first aid kit to you. Put some antibacterial ointment in there if if you're if you have to pop your blister, um, you know, and then just just wrap it on. Just put a wrap on it. Uh, they make really good uh, blister repair kits. I've never been a big fan of um, the moleskin. I, I don't think I've ever used it. Some people love that. I've never personally used it. My my thing is just train myself that when I get a hot spot or I feel something different, I stop, treat it, put some duct tape on that, make sure that thing doesn't rub anymore. And usually nine out of 10 times that is, that, that helps me. You know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get anything. Um, and again, it's all in the socks, making sure your feet are dry, 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 dry. And at the end of the day, at the end of your hike, when you're done hiking, for the love of God, take your socks off. Yeah, air out. Air your out those feet. feet. It it makes a huge impact in keeping your feet dry. Uh, there's it, everyone knows it like trench foot. It, it, the more you maintain that moisture, the softer your feet are going to be, and the more susceptible they are to blisters. That's just the reality of it. Now, here's a pro tip for all of you, and I think we've mentioned this before, but a reiteration of it. If your socks at the end of the night, remember, you're trying to keep the light, the load light. So you're taking one, two pairs of socks, um, extra max. When your socks are just damp, and I'm not talking soaking wet, but I'm talking damp, stuff them in the bottom of your sleeping bag. Let your body heat. If they're damp, not wet, again, there's a big difference. Let your body heat dry them out they will dry out and now you will have not only a warm pair of socks but a dry pair of socks to change into the next day yeah your body's a furnace so use so when i say your body's a furnace that's a piece of gear so use that furnace to dry out your clothes at night and if you put them on the uh, end of your uh, sleeping bag in your sleeping bag more than likely your socks are gonna be pretty dry. There's nothing worse than putting on wet socks and wet boots in the morning time and having to hike. And that's when you are a lot more susceptible to blisters. So try to dry out those socks, even if they're not dry all the way, if you have a dry pair of socks, put those on. Don't put back on your uh, socks from the night before. Um, and then just you know rotate those socks um, if you're on a multi-day hike and get those things dry another thing too is that you know try to sleep try to you know try to sleep without your socks on at night in your sleeping bag i know i know a lot of people say well my feet get cold my feet get cold well better cold feet than blistered feet so you need to air out those feet you gotta let them dry you gotta let them you know just completely air out um and that's really really going to help your feet in the long run um you know i see a lot of people soaking their feet in a creek or stream after they hike and they're like oh my god it feels so good and then they'll put their they'll, they'll 
They'll put a sock on because their feet are cold. Well, you've just trapped all the moisture in your foot. So let your feet dry out. Put them by the fire at night. Just get get those feet air dry. You know, um, if you're, you know, if your feet are cold, you know, I, um, you know, put something over them. Try not to put your socks on though. Try to keep your feet dry. That's the biggest thing that we could we, we could probably tell you to not put on wet shoes because you're, you're a lot of times your boots are going to be wet anyway um that's why we have stopped going through waterproof boots um because you gotta let your you gotta those boots have gotta air dry those boots have gotta waterproof boots tend to keep moisture in the boot um and so when you're looking for boots and trail shoes make sure they're porous make sure water can get out of the boot yeah everyone wants to prevent the water from getting in the boot let me tell you there's gonna be times it's gonna get wet so your boot's going to be soaking wet. Another thing, too, is make sure, like, stones and dirt and other things don't get in your boot, especially if you're running, if you're uh, using low-lying uh, trail shoes or trail runners. Um, at that point, you probably want to get uh, some short gaiters and put those on your ankles um, and prevent any kind of dirt and grime from getting inside your shoe. That can actually cause friction also um, because that's, 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 that's bad also. You know, um, so we actually have a tried and true pro tip for you. Something you're probably not going to hear on any other backpacking podcast out there. And I know this may seem a little extreme, you guys, but um, everybody talks about gear, 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 gear. But what about your feet? Your feet are gear, too. So. A pro tip for you guys, something a little old school, but something for you to consider is toughen your feet by hiking barefoot, walking barefoot, expose them, expose them to toughening up and building a slight callus so they're not so soft, yeah, I would guess, absolutely. would be the best way of saying it. So, you know, if you look out throughout history... You know, you didn't see a lot of, um, you know, barefoot um, people complaining about blisters. It's because they were barefoot all the time. And so one of the things, if you're training for a long distance hike, um, one of the things that you can do is take, you know, like a few months before your hike, a few months before your hike, start walking around barefoot. Even if you go to your local high school and just walk on the track, a hundred yards up, a hundred yards back, and then that's it. Start slow, very slow. Make sure the pavement's not hot. Make sure you're not going to burn your feet. But that's the way to get blisters. <laughs> <laughs> but just start walking on hard surfaces. Just start toughening up the ball of your foot and your heel. I can, I promise you, if you really start training your feet. You know, like in a prevention type of way. Remember, blisters, is all, they're all about prevention and doing everything you can so you don't get the blister. If you're treating the blister, it's it's too late. You've gotten the blister. <laughs> so it's all about prevention. So, you know, walk on tough surfaces. Walk on hard surfaces a couple months before you start hiking. I mean, even if it's a few days a week, you know, you go outside with the kids, you know, just be careful, you know. But take your shoes and socks off. Walk on the walk on a sidewalk. Walk on um, some hard surfaces, and just start start even walking around the house barefoot, and stop pampering your feet, and you know start getting your feet that skin underneath your foot a little tough. I can guarantee you it's going to go a long way to when you start walking and backpacking in the rain and it's wet, 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 wet. That that toughen that skin won't wrinkle as much it's hard it's not going to get that that a wrinkly trench foot type look on the bottom of your foot Everyone's... and that it, that prevents friction and that is the anatomy of a blister exactly and it's all about the Every, friction everybody has heard you know hiker's foot well it's a real thing you know hikers... and it's ugly <laughs> it's not pretty <laughs> So if you want to be a hiker, you're going to have ugly feet. Is that the, is that the message we're giving? That is here? the message. That is definitely Extremely the message. motivational. 
Well, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, quick co- announcement for the uh, last part of 2018. We have uh, put some um, events on Trust Trail podcast page. We've got our backpacking bootcamp class that's in November. Thank you guys for all some of you that have signed up already. That's the 10th and 11th. And then we're going off the grid for Christmas. If you're not doing anything for Christmas, um, join us in a 140-year-old cabin in Tennessee. There are some beautiful hiking and backpacking waterfalls. I mean, it is dense wilderness. We're going off the grid, um, and we're inviting you. So you're more than welcome to come. Uh, details are on the podcast page, trusttrailpodcast.com forward slash events. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a review on iTunes and help us get the word out plus we always like to hear how we're doing and how we can do better huge thank you to nomad dog um what a great great review he said i ended up binge listening to your podcast and did a flip-flop when i saw the title for episode 80 (laughs) the cat hole (laughs) i totally dug it (laughs) i love our listeners sense of humor um you guys uh, cover a lot of topics, but I didn't even think about I didn't even think about it. Thanks so much for helping me find time to prep uh, prep work physically and mentally for my Appalachian Trail through hike in on March March nineteenth. Your podcasts are a goldmine of information and motivation. Cheers! So thank you so much. We really we really appreciate that. Uh, we love seeing those those comments. Uh, shout outs to our new Facebook members, our patrons: Rick, Jerry, Shirley. Chuck, thank you very much, Chuck. Uh, John Phillips, Yvonne, and Gary. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, Radio Public. That's available on both iOS and Android. You can follow us on Instagram, where Ariane is posting some great photographs on Instagram. Getting on caught up. Trust the drug, cutting, getting caught up. Anything we're up on episode, what, 28? Somewhere around there? I think so. <laughs> Um, great. She, she does a lot of hard work. They're, I mean, absolutely awesome photographs. Um, yeah. So go and follow our Instagram page. And, yeah. and in the meantime, take care of your feet. <laughs> kind of an important thing for backpacking. <laughs> true. Very true. So remember, get out there. Trust, trust the, the trail. trail. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, you guys. Bye.